welcome back to the Geeks of the Gates. Um, it's not a two-hander this week. We are joined again by the very wonderful Hat. Hello. And our old-school comics fan, Matt, is back with us for the first time in ages. Hello, Matt. Hello, Hello mate. It's, it's the, the Hat and Matt and Red Show. Yeah. Yes. So, um, we are here to talk about one of the best things that ever happened on television. I don't think that's a controversial statement. Nope. Do you mean this season or just in general? I mean both. Okay, well, let's let's discuss. Oh, let's discuss. Okay, I am of course, uh, in spite of Matt's reticence, I think I think everyone else out there in podcast land agrees with me. Uh, so clearly, you already have worked out that we're talking about Stranger Things, and you will have worked it out because it's in the title of the damn episode. So you know, yay ESP. So uh, season three uh, has dropped on July the fourth. We're talking on July the twenty third. Um, sorry. We would have done it sooner, but it took me a while to get through both it and Jessica Jones because Just time nagging. <laughs> That's been nagging so so much. I, I get worse. it. I get it. I, I didn't have a clear run at Stranger Things as I did with seasons one and two, uh, and it was like an episode here, then two days, no watching, then then half an episode. It was like, come on, I, eight episodes. I did but, it by uh, at my birthday is July fifth, as we said in the last of this podcast because mm-hmm. that's when Doctor Strange comes out in 2021 um, <laughs> so yeah uh, I obviously came out on the 4th I had finished it by the end of my birthday I did it in two days happy belated birthday thank you very much no but yeah I just did it in two days I ran it through and I feel that that was the best option to see it all at I once. wish I'd watched it like that and not broken up I tried to do it like that I watched it in chunks of yeah. two or three episodes yeah. at a time unfortunately often with a couple of days in between mm-hmm. which was more than I was happy with but life so um, i'm not quite sure how we want to approach it because i'm quite happy just to sit here for an hour just repeating it was amazing it was amazing did you see the thing where they did that thing but i think probably we should be a little bit more structured so i was thinking maybe we would look at the way the characters have developed over the course of this season and the way the new characters are brought in and that kind of thing and i'm afraid i want to start with steve good yeah good yeah yeah because steve's arc has been Oh, hang on. Just wait for a... Hang on one second. Spoiler horn. Spoilers! Spoilers! Because we're not holding back. If you haven't seen... Just as if you hadn't seen Jessica Jones, you had no business listening to last week's podcast. (laughs) Like none. If you haven't seen Stranger Things 3, there's a pause button on this. Pause it. Go away. It's only eight hours. Go away. Watch it. We'll still be here when you come back. Okay? Okay, they're all gone. And... They're back! Right, hope you enjoyed that. It was amazing. So, um, Steve. Now, his arc, for me, has been the most profound of all of them. Because at the start of season one, Steve, I knew Steve. I was at school with many Steves. Mm -hmm. There were many Steves at my school who spent a lot of time beating me up. That's who Steve was. I recognised him. I, I recognised him. I knew who There's that kid Steve was. Steve in every school. And, Several. And he was kind of a villain. He was the yeah, he was kind of the nemesis for the for the for the for the for the, for the Dungeons and Dragons party for most of season one. And then in season two, you know, at the end of season one he sees some things and has to deal with some stuff. And then in season two He becomes the babysitter. He becomes the babysitter. Uh, we get the yeah. Dustin and Steve show for quite a large bit, which I is, love which the is Dustin great. And Dustin, Dustin, his relationship with Dustin really humanises him. And then we get into season three, and he's totally embraced who that guy is. Yep. And suddenly he's not the kid who beat me up. He's me. 
Yeah. Only slightly cooler. And slightly more hair. There was the bit. Fuck off. There was the bit <laughs> where. I mean, when Dustin comes back from summer camp, and he goes into scoops of hoi, and they have that that really complicated handshake, phone lightsaber, lightsaber yes, yeah. yeah. Now, I thought that was incredibly cool in episode one. Yeah. And then we get to the last episode when they go for the job at the video store, <laughs> and he says, "What's your favourite movie?" And Steve says, "Star Wars." And the guy says, "Which one?" And he and, and, and a new hope. He goes, what do you mean? And I said, you know, the one with the teddy bears. Yes. Uh, so Steve doesn't care about Star Wars, but he cares about Dustin enough yes. to go along with Dustin's ridiculous Star Wars themed handshake. That's a completely different person. Yeah. yeah. That's proper growth. As yeah. this shitty little teenager who was a big fish in a small pond has grown up and gone into the world and realised he's not all that. That's proper. That's, that's and now he's even being like abused, bullied by one of the guys that was his friend, who yeah. you know he was like he bullied Jonathan with in the first season, yeah. and now he's like yeah. coming and giving him shit for like yeah. you know. And he also gets he shit. Is. He also gets shit from Robin at the beginning as well. So he's getting it from. He gets shit how from he's getting it from all. How many children are you friends with? <laughs> that's so good. I love her. To death. Okay, yeah. Can, can we can we talk? Okay, okay let's move on to because I loved Rob. Sorry, can I just? Sorry, oh, yeah, okay, just, sorry, yeah. just sorry. one thing on Steve. Steve. Just very quickly is is and the other thing is he doesn't get the girl either. No, no, never. So, so he never gets the girl. Poor Steve. I just got. Well, the end of season one, he gets the girl. Yeah. And then she true. dumps him. Yeah, but I felt because s- she has sense. Mm. Sorry. I felt so she... sorry for Steve at the end of season. I just kind of felt like I really his didn't. Heart was just. I can totally tell you why I didn't feel sorry for Steve. Because I have been Robin. Like, I have lived that scene. That scene gave me more life than anything that's ever been put on television by Netflix. Because I have fucking lived that. I have sat there with a guy who is, like, basically, like, my friend. Who I completely think he's great, he's brilliant. And, you know, he's my friend. And that's as far as it goes. And he's, like, gone on and given me this fucking, yeah, no, it's you thing. And I've gone... Do I like girls? And then the same response has happened. Steve's growth to get to the point where he's just gone, okay, cool, but you know, you're too good for her, which is essentially what he did, yeah. you know, is has happened to me. And to actually see that in television and not see the guy try to convince her, actually, no, you can be with me yeah. instead. I'm the guy, I'm the guy to turn you. It's yeah. so refreshing. Thank you so much, Shane, thanks for giving me an aspect of my actual life, which was really nice. Yeah. And I really loved that. And it was just so nice to see but that. But that's, that's also another aspect of how Steve has changed. Absolutely. Because, yeah. because he season, would have been that guy in season, season one. Exactly. Steve. Yeah, exactly. Season exactly. one, Steve would have done two things. First of all, he would have refused to believe that, yeah, okay, but I'm different. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I, maybe, 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 not, maybe not other guys. But, if you're you know. that guy, please stop. But also, season one, Steve, had he been rebuffed, would have taken the fact that Robin is gay and used it as a weapon against Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Whereas what we actually got here was she kind of gently kind yeah. of... I mean, she's she's really nice to him, actually. She's lovely too. Um, she kind of gently lets him down, and he, but but she's a good. Oh, <laughs> yep. And there's a little beat, and you can see his, it's it's really nicely acted. You can see his disappointment. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like okay, but you know we're still friends, and that's, yeah, totally. Uh, and he moves yeah. on, and he moves on and, really uh, rapidly. And I'm very proud of Steve. I, I'm, I'm a little yeah. bit proud. But of I Steve, still feel actually. like he. 
I still feel like poor Steve at the end of this, of this season because I feel like after everything he went through in this season, he got the shit kicked out of him. Yep. You know, he won a fight. He won a fight. He won a fight. That's his first ever fight. <laughs> but he didn't. But he didn't, he didn't kind of get a reward at the end. Okay, he got a new friend, but he didn't kind of get a. But you see, I like. And it just puts him in a weird place. Maybe season four is when that. Easy. But I like that too. Yeah, you don't to always because, get a reward for being because, a nice person. Yeah, there, like, are, there are no there are no points for doing the right thing. No. It's the but right from, thing. But from season to one to three, I just feel like he's kind of been beaten down to the end of season three, where it's like, I don't know, I think he's, Steve. I, I, I just felt sorry for Steve. I it. absolutely didn't. He's perfectly happy. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, Steve is perfectly happy. He doesn't feel bad, he doesn't feel bad about yeah. it. He's like, cool, I'm going to go get a job at video shop and yeah. I'm meet chicks. You know, like, that's literally it. That's all he gives a shit about. He's fine. He's got his new friend who's going to be his lesbian wingman and she will sort him <laughs> the fuck out. And that's all good, you know? And, he's... and she'll pick off the leftovers, which is just... Because he's... Everyone wins. Everyone wins. He's a nice guy now. I mean, genuinely nice guy. I would go for a beer with Steve, except not in America because he's not of age yet. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I'd go for a beer with Steve. I'd hang out with Steve. He's not that dude. I would chat to him in the video shop. I would not take his recommendation for film. He's still... He's still really shallow. Yes, incredibly. His personality hasn't changed. He's still a bit of a shallow prick. In the, you know, okay... This girl that was going to be the one isn't the one for all sorts of complicated reasons. Yep. Right, we'll be friends. Where's the next girl? That's literally it. Yeah, that's, his tra- that's his train of thought. He's he's yeah. he's still that shallow. He's just not an arsehole now. True. And of course... <laughs> he's just not a dick about it. Well, that, that role, the Steve role, of course, who's been, a, who's been a serp now by our our curly, permed villain... Ah, uh, Billy. He's, be- he's the Billy. new Steve, really, isn't he? But a Steve to an extreme, you know. He's really Steve. So he's, he's season though. one Steve cranked up to eleven. But yeah, he is complicated. We appear to be segueing quite nicely. Don't it is quite good. Yeah. yeah, Billy is not. But I feel okay. So here's my counterpoint. Billy isn't Steve. Steve is Steve because of privilege. Billy is Billy because he gets the shit kicked out of him by his father. Yeah. Like, and I think there's a difference there. Like, yeah. Steve becomes a privileged asshole that gets everything he wants because his daddy is rich and gives him fuckloads of money. And then in season three, he goes, "No, not doing it. You're a waster. Fuck you. Sort your life out. Go get a job." Billy just gets the shit kicked out of him, and the shit kicked out of him, and the shit kicked out of him, and the shit kicked out of him. And that's what happens to him, and that's why he becomes what he becomes. So he becomes he becomes a monster because yeah. out of defence. So he's defense. already a monster before he's he's a monster. Yeah, a literal monster. When he arrives in that in season two, he is an absolute scumbag. Yeah. The way he treats Max is disgraceful. Yeah. It's appalling, and he just is that all the way through. Kicks the shit out of Steve Harrington, yeah. you know, and then yeah, he then becomes a literal monster, like you say. And does he deserve what happens to him? I don't know. That's complicated. It's it's interesting because they play at a sort of very, very short redemption arc. The shortest redemption arc I've ever seen. And what is he apologising to Max for at the end? Is he apologising to Max because... He's been a shitty brother. He's been a shitty brother. (laughs) Is he apologising to Max because he's dying and he feels in some way that's letting it down? Is he apologising to Max because he was a monster for a bit? (laughs) He literally was an actual monster. What is he he about? But ultimately, ultimately, when when the shit really, really, really hits the fan and his little sister is in danger, he does kind of draw a line in the sand and say, no, no further. This stops now. You're, You're not... No. 
her you do not hurt. Yeah. Her, yeah. This is not. He, he, the other thing is, the other interesting part of that is that he's constantly told to look after her by his evil dad. Like, mm. you need to look after your sister, look after your sister. You know, that's that constant thing. Like, when, when, he, when they don't know where Max is, why don't you know where she is? You know, all that, that whole thing. Like, mm. so I think that's a really, it adds to the complexity of his character. I think he's more complicated than people are allowing him to be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This I is, think that's fair. And I think, like, I was like, well, who cares about Billy? Because he's an asshole. But actually, you know, you see the whole thing where he's just a kid who loses his mom and like yeah. that, yeah. you know, and then obviously the next thing that happens and the next thing that happens and, and, and that, how he gets to be who he is. That, one of the things that Stranger Things has done very well with more than just Billy is allow Shades of Grey. Yes, very much. There's a lot of nuance in Stranger Things which you don't get in in genre fiction mm. as much as I would like. Yeah. And, you know, there's never a question that he's a monster. But the show doesn't try and make excuses for him. No, not at all. But it does show you how he got to where he is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you have to have some empathy. Not sympathy. No. He's not deserving of sympathy, but empathy. Yeah. I think I feel like then segue into our next character a little bit. Damn, we're good. Um, I feel like there's that nuance again with Hopper and the way he behaves in this season because like a, a lot is made of the fact that he's like, it's not a date, and then it is a date. And then his reaction of basically drinking himself stupid and then blaming it all on her... Just an asshole move, everybody. Asshole move. You know, there's a nuance there, and it's actually he's he's really fucked up. Like that guy has been yeah. through a lot. He has um, seen some shit. We've got because we've got it's it's not directly addressed, but we see he's got the Vietnam yeah memorabilia. Yeah. I mean, I saw enough TV and movies in the eighties to know that if you went to Vietnam, there's a good chance it fucked you up. Yep. Yeah. So so there's that subtext. Yeah. And you know, we know he lost his daughter. Yes. That's got to be traumatic. I mean, I, I do not now and never have had kids, but I, I can only imagine what that trauma is. Yeah. And, and he... then he had 11 and he lost her too for a bit. Mm -hmm. And you get the feeling that there was always something there with Joyce that never quite came off. Yeah. Um, and so that feeling is there from season one. Yeah. Like yeah. The, a lot of the, a lot of the, the setup for Harper, like everyone's like, oh, he's suddenly changed. He hasn't. No. He has, it's been there. The, all of the seeds were sown for this long, long yeah. ago. Like, you know, he he's dealing with the loss of his daughter in season one very much. It's very much explored. It's very explained. There's flashbacks, I believe. Mm. You know, the whole thing is there. Um, which sets him up to then father Eleven, of course. Yeah, and and he, it makes perfect really... sense that he would adopt Eleven. Uh -huh. yeah. And be a really, really poor father. Sorry. But well, he's, he's doing his best, but he's not very good at he's it. He's terrible at it. Poor man. And I mean, no one's really prepared to father a superpowered child. I mean, like, that's, that's something that people yeah. also need to actually remember. Yeah. Eleven has literal superpowers. Yeah. She could tear him apart at an atomic level. You know, let's not, yeah. let's not pretend that no. he's in a normal situation. Yeah, like, yeah. If she comes in after curfew, what exactly is he going to do about it? What really is he going to do about it? From this season article, she's also a hormonal teenager. Right. As the rest of the kids are, uh -huh. that changes it all. Up it does. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, I've seen so much like discourse on, oh, he's really bad. No, he's not. He's doing his best he's in a really shitty situation. Hopper is a traumatized man doing his best in difficult circumstances he did not expect uh -huh. to be in ever. And he's flawed, and that's fine. Characters are allowed right. to be flawed in television. Not everyone has to be a role model. Yeah. I, I think this is something that people are starting to fail to well, get. Well, again, shades of grey, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Hopper, saying, it's... Yeah. Hopper, I think, is actually a really good dad, in the sense that he's really trying. Oh, he's so trying. And he knows he's he knows he's failing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not he's not an arogant, abusive... I tell you, the best I tell you who he's not. He is not Ted Wheeler. 
who is the shittest father out. He is the worst dad in the world. Nancy and Mike's dad is a shocker. He is I'd, so shit. I'd like to see something happen with him in season four. Oh, God, he's just so either to, either to make him, Either to make his apathy something that actually makes him a villain. If you contrast him with Hopper, or, it's like, okay, yeah, he is like, literally, his existence is there to be the contrast. And I don't think people yeah. have really figured this out. No, to no, put no, them no. side by side and go, mm. Mike's dad... He's fucking useless. <laughs> All he does is sit on a sofa chair, read the paper and watch TV. And Hopper's there. really trying. Like, yeah. the guy is Hopper's trying. Hopper's doing his best. And he's also trying to be a good cop. Yes. In... A small town in America yeah. with all of the shit that comes with that. Yeah. And the supernatural shit that comes with yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and there happen to be to be extra dimensional monsters. And in Russians. There. And Russians, it would seem. But the best bit about Hopper this whole season was that was this faux Tom Selleck Magnum. Oh my god, it was Have so you seen it? Just... Have you seen the video on YouTube? Brilliant. No. Oh shit, links in, links in the show notes, guys, and, and on your Twitter please, as soon as I get home. Please. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, fuck. Go to YouTube and search for Hopper P.I. It's... <laughs> yes. It's That's a show I the opening, see. It's the opening credits of Magnum. Move him to Hawaii it's the, <laughs> for a couple of seasons. It's the opening credits of Magnum, but with Hopper brilliant. and Joyce. Oh, Jeez. my God. It's yeah. brilliant. Um, was just, it's just, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and I love that they, they really leaned into that. As they've, leaned into, as they've leaned into a lot of stuff. I loved a, that shirt so much. A lot, there was a lot of 80s stuff, not just Magnum, but there was that whole diehard feel. Cold War. Cold War, yeah. the Russian guy who was, who was basically Arnie the uh, Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There was it. so much 80s stuff, which was just... Uh, there, was, yeah. there was more 80s stuff. And... Okay, now, while we're on Hopper, before, mm-hmm. before, we, before we move on, we have to address the way Hopper ends up. In the post theme. Right, that's... The first, right. First of all, yeah. first of all, he's right. he's he's very calm and very ready and very prepared to sacrifice himself. Mm. Yes. Now, presumably, in his head, he's not sacrificing himself for Hawkins or even for Joyce. It's for Eleven. Yes. Yeah. Um, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, me too. It, it's very clear that Hopper loves Eleven. Yeah. Uh, she is the daughter that he lost, and I, I, there's lots of complicated emotional stuff wrapped up in that. And that would be a very satisfying resolution for Hopper. Totally. And then we get the end credit sequence. Well, then we get the letter. And then we get, oh, Jesus, the and letter. I sobbed. <laughs> On yeah. my birthday, Stranger Things. I sobbed. I, How could you? I might... Oh, my God, I was a mess. I might, I might have had some. I might have had something in my eye. You may have. Had, I had a tree in mine. I mean, like seriously, but that, it was just. I was just wrecked. That please. <laughs> Truly wrecked. For the love of God, leave the door open three inches. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so and, good. Uh, I, I, somebody online was saying like, leave the door open three inches is the new I love you three thousand. Yeah. I I loved that. That was because that was so very. That was so very many men. Who can't articulate it? You know, he had he had that written in his pocket when he was trying to talk to Mike in Eleven. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, he kind of just takes Mike out and threatens him <laughs> because he can't he can't articulate it. Yeah. But and but wrapped that, up in all of that is PTSD. Yeah. Got a door. All that trauma. Yeah. And, that, that and he's an 80s man and he's an as well. 80s man. A cop and 80s man. Exactly. But that emotion in that letter was genuine. Yeah. You know, and, and that's who he really he is. He wanted to try, and mm. Joyce helped him with that 
to try. And yeah. I think, you know... I think it's pretty obvious that Hopper's not gone. Yeah, American. As soon as he said, American. Well, not him. Not the American. Ah, well, can I? I'm just going to say a couple of things about that. First of all, when when the uh, laser explodes and disintegrates the Russian scientists, Mm -hmm. you don't actually see Hopper. No, and yeah, you don't see him disintegrate. Okay, that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you just you just got this feeling that he was still alive, and then when they cut to six months later, and you're in that Russian prison, they say not the American. I think what you're supposed to think is that. Hopper's there, but I don't think that's Hopper. I think that's somewhere, someone else. I think Hopper is in the Upside Down. Uh, and talking about the Upside Down, yeah, the other we I didn't thought. see the Upside Down, really. No, we didn't, not we really. There's this whole season with the Upside Down. We got a glimpse down. of it, but got, yeah, we didn't really see... We got see... Billy in it vaguely at yeah. the beginning, and that no was No Upside Down. And I missed that. Mm. I really missed it. Can I talk about the fact that the reason we didn't was because we got pure 100% terrifying gore body horror like what the fuckery instead yes so instead of going to a place of ash and dust and darkness and grayness and a whole other thing we got that but here we got Cronenberg the fly right? we got the thing we got the evil dead the whole sequence in the house all of it and just I mean again just 80s insane. very much that yeah and the other thing is the other thing that obviously resonated for me was it's in a mall which is of course you know it's, it's Dawn of the Dead isn't that's it Dawn of the Dead it's exactly. pure romance yeah. but it's also it's also every 80s movie oh exactly so it's get, every teen movie you get this brilliant yeah. crossover between yeah. teen movies and 80s horror in, in which it creates this perfect storm of television to be yes. honest and like the, the, the gore was extreme and I was here for it yeah. um, mm. but in, yeah but that was the that was the the, the the swap really wasn't it? That's yeah, what I got it was. Said. <clears throat> but I missed the upside down. That was the only thing. And I don't think overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my cards on the table here. I think this season, too jokey, funny, not scary enough. I don't think it had yeah. that fear, weird factor that the first two seasons had. And it, it seemed to be so. Though. It seemed to be so comedy up until the point where anything really kind of mattered. It was just, it took too long for me to get into see, I, the Stranger Things-ness of I'm it. I'm not sure I agree. Yeah, no, because for me, I had the whole body snatchers situation that creeped me the fuck out, because I was like, who's been body snatched now? Oh, yeah. There was that always hanging over in the background, like, are these people who they say they are? Like, like, no one, see, no one seems to have noticed that 30-odd people have gone missing. But nobody knows where the Bob was missing. Where are the no. police, and, you know, it's just... Well, Hopper's... Not disintegrated. Like he is the police. Like where are the police? He is the police. But like his colleagues from the first two seasons were pretty much. Yeah, like, yeah that's, I mean, cutbacks. 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 Reagan's, yeah. Reagan's America. Cutbacks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And the mind flay seemed to sort of disappear for episodes. Like there was a huge, huge creature in the woods right near the the the, um, the fun fair, which I thought was going to get attacked, which didn't. And then the mind flay, they escaped from it, and then it just sort of. Where is it? I think it goosed itself. Yeah, it just kept gooing itself and disappearing and reappearing, didn't it? Because it was a meat monster. It was just a a meat meat monster. monster. It was a monster of meat. Yeah. And it could blob itself under doors. It stopped me eating bowls of cereal while I was watching the show, I have to say. (laughs) It was really But what if it had been a really good burger? Sorry. I would have had had complicated feelings about eating a really good burger. I was eating. Good burgers, good I, was eat, I was eating when I first saw the first rat explode, and I I wasn't put off because I was eating seitan. But like, I think if I'd been eating beef, I probably might have been. But yeah, no, it was not. It wasn't cool. Slightly. And the rat explosions were quite. Yeah, that was a whole thing. They were great. Yeah. 
They were great. It was really great, but also really great. But do you know what I mean about, about there was the body horror yeah. and the 80s horror stuff, but it, what, it didn't feel, this season didn't feel scary to me in the way that the first two seasons Yeah, see, for me it felt did. tense rather than scary. Tense. I felt, it it was... felt tense, but at the same time it had, like you said about Die Hard and stuff, it had like an action movie feel to it, it as did well. Have yeah. action. So, like, but that's it... very 80s as yeah, well, so action 80s. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such an 80s Definitely, thing. so it took like kind of, rather than being like 80s horror throughout, it kind of meshed the two genres together, yeah. so you ended up with an action horror rather yeah. than like a psychological horror, which the previous yeah, two have yeah. been much more sort of like it's just the weird, just the, the weirdness, the oddness, the stranger, strangeness of the first two seasons for me just felt. Again, it might be because I watched it and it was a bit disjointed. Yeah. My viewing of it, but it just felt like that was missing and had been replaced by too much. If you comedy, watch it all in a one, too funny. It has to be said. If you watch it all in a one, I literally don't remember the comedy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Don't remember it being that funny. Remember a lot of gore. A lot of gore. A lot of sad Billy. Uh, a lot of Eleven losing her powers. Yeah. And that mm. was stressful. Yeah, yeah. That was a level of stress I have not like their main weapon, Their main weapon's been taken off the board. Gone. Yeah. How are you going to beat Lucas them? and fireworks. That's what we're going to do. It works. It did work. It works. Lucas's was... growth. Lucas's growth yeah. from season one. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. From being paranoid, terrified boy to let's throw fireworks at a giant <laughs> meat monster. Like, I mean, how did he get there? Like, mm. good for him. Seriously. Right. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm a bit like Lucas. <laughs> Um, certainly when I was season one Lucas's age, I was, I was Lucas. I was the Lucas in my group of friends. I was the timid, paranoid one who was terrified of getting into trouble. That was me. I later grew up to make my own fireworks. So there's, there's, There's I I have an affinity. And, and honestly, I think it's really important not to underestimate how far a young man of that age will go to impress a girl. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and he's got and to someone... get his girlfriend back yeah. after she's dumped him. He has got someone. <laughs> he has got someone to impress. Yep. Who he has impressed previously, so he knows it's possible. Bless him. And but also he that's can... a power. That is a powerful motivating factor for a teenage boy. Yeah. Trust me on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. But also, I think saving the world is probably also a powerful motivating factor. Nah, um... honestly, no. I'd rather impress girls. <laughs> Yeah. Well, talking about being dumped, I love the whole the whole episode where where Max and Eleven oh. just go off in the I mall. Loved them. And just, it that was, was just, my favorite. It was so that, that and that was good fun. It was, it was great. So eighties. It was so eighties. It was glorious. It just put a big smile on your face. Yeah. I mean, there were lots yeah. of moments in the season that put a big. One smile of the on your things. Face. One of the things. That, one of the discourse on the internet. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, a re season two was very much that they had done the thing where they'd had the single girl rule, and it was like, well, obviously a new girl comes in, the old girl's gonna hate her, and that's shit. And I really kind of I hated that discourse for one one major reason. Eleven is not normal. She does not know people. She does not know social life. She no. doesn't understand anything. Eleven doesn't trust anybody. So her reaction yeah. to Max is perfectly reasonable. However, I completely understand what people are saying, and it's like none of the women actually interact. And in season three, we got to see the women interact, which was great. So Max mm. and Eleven became friends, and it was really yeah. nice to see her have a friend who was also a girl yeah. and understood where she was coming from with the feelings thing. Because yeah. the guys proved themselves in this season to be incapable of dealing with their feelings, <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. It was. It was great, but also like you know, her and Max. Going into people's heads and doing that whole thing, and spying on them, and spying on them and everything. And, and I was like, "Yeah, that's what you would do. Of course, that's what you do, right?" Just, 
all of it was perfect teenage, teenage behaviour, was, yeah. wasn't it? And it was, it was. I oh, very much so enjoyed right. I very much enjoyed Lucas trying to give my romance oh, advice. Terrible. <laughs> I was like, I'll tell you how to I'll tell you how you deal with girls, Mike. He was <laughs> so oh bless him. Because he was so earnest and, and so also, fucking clueless. The fact that none of them believed that Dustin had a girlfriend. And I, at the end I, never I, ending story. Right. Can I just say big smile moment? I just, did not I did not believe that Dustin had a girlfriend. Oh, I did. I, I was convinced that she was made up. No, because I, because it's the kind of thing that Dustin would do. No, but he oh, wasn't. He wasn't. I didn't think so. But he wasn't kind of like when they were sort of asking about her. He wasn't like, uh, oh well, uh, the yeah. reason why I haven't got a picture. Of her. He was just like, well, no, this this is blah, blah, blah. yeah. These are the facts about her, and they were like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, these no, are the really? facts. I, yeah. And you knew that he did have. A, he I did absolutely have a girlfriend. believed he, he had a girlfriend. Yeah. I totally believed it because, like, bless him. It's. You know, it, it, he is. It is so important to him. You know that whole yeah. thing. It, it, having a girlfriend is so important to him. Bless him. That whole season two. Oh, yeah, I have sympathy for him. Steve. He had Steve. Yeah, I have no sympathy for Steve. I have all the sympathy for Dustin. And he does have a girlfriend, and she does live wherever she lives. Oh, what I particularly away. loved. And he built a thing so he could speak yeah. to her. What I particularly loved was that they needed planks constant, and his immediate go-to was, "Let's try, let's try calling my girlfriend again." Right, okay. <laughs> no. Let's go Ooh, to the library. Let's go to the library. We can ask my girlfriend, it's fine. Yeah, if she answers this time. And that's so great. You know Still what? troop trying to get up the hill she in that was, car. Oh, she was she was there when he really needed her. Oh dust. And if fun. that's not love, I don't know what And of course building the, the tower, the radio tower, I mean that's that's like a proper Spielberg eighty yes, building yeah. a gadget. There was so much the of that. Take a gadget. It's yeah. Great. So that's one of the things I really loved about that whole season. I mean Erica in the, the, the metal tube is so diehard, it's not true. Erica. Let's talk about Erica. <sighs> Going from nerds uh, every five minutes yeah. in season two. Like, no, wait a minute. You are a nerd. You are the nerd. <laughs> she, but she's the most, ter- she's amazing. And I love her. She's the most terrifying capitalist in the world. Like, that just, yeah, wow, God. Um, but a lot of kids are like that. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. Um, oh, that is so annoying. I love of course she's annoying. She's like, not meant to be, though. That's yeah, the annoying point. little sister just. Uh, and having having had an annoying little sister, <laughs> and still having an annoying little sister. But what I loved was the like... fact. What I loved was the fact that in season two she was the annoying little sister because she was annoying Lucas all the time. In season three she didn't even see him. When she saw him, he was like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Brilliant! This is great. I love the fact they have not seen but each also, other." Also, I like for this whole season, these children have been away from them. What are their parents doing? Yeah, because yeah. these kids have not ha. been home ha. for some time. Ha. It was the eighties. I, well, they sort of address that in the fun fact, don't know, when, when Hopper arrives and, and talks to talks to one of the mums and says, where are the kids? And she's like, uh, yeah, right. I'm not a fun fact. Who cares? Because, yeah, right. you know, that's what they did in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, matter. and I, I, I think I may have said this in a previous discussion on Stranger Things, but talking to former students of mine who are really young, actually shit, some of them are 30 now. In fact, some of them are older than 30. Oh, fuck. Um, but talking to some well, of my some younger... Some of them my age. Yes, yeah, some of them my age. But one of, the, one of the criticisms some of them had was that, yeah, it's good, but it's completely unrealistic. You, you'd never have kids unsupervised I in love that it. way. That's what they think and is unrealistic. And it's like... <laughs> you would. They, and it's like, yeah, you, know, you totally would. When I was... Yeah. When I was there, yeah, okay, I was not usually out overnight. Although, although this, this probably tells you more about me than you really need to know, but... For a good five or six summer holidays, my tent went up in the back garden on the first day of the summer holidays, and I did not sleep indoors again until the last night of the summer holidays, right. which meant 
I'd go to bed. Oh, I'm off to bed now, about half past nine. Soon as my parents' lights went Blazing out. Blazing sunshine outside. Right. As soon as my parents' lights went out, I was gone. I was, I said, sorry, mum, if you're listening. Um, you're not, because you don't know how any of this technology works. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mum. But I was, you know, I was, I was out wandering the streets at you three in the morning. Kids, kids because were. I could. I'm, in the 80s, you could get away with yeah. that shit. Yeah. People who right. knew my parents saw me out on the street at two, three in the morning. And I just went, hi, Mr. Jones. And then, you're out late. And then, yeah, I just don't know home now. And... You it was could, a different time. You could get away with that shit then. I appreciate yeah. you couldn't now. No. And I appreciate when you were a kid you in the 90s, in the 90s, you could not get away no with that. In the In the early to mid-80s, when this is set, you could totally... Yeah. Tell your parents you're sleeping at your mate's house. Yeah, and totally. you're, yeah. Which is what, Which is obviously what they all did. Yeah. And they all did that in season two as well. They yeah. all were like, yeah, I'm at yeah. that, that person's house. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's such an 80s movie trope as well. Like, you know, oh, you know, they're at this person's Having a sleepover, yeah. But they're clearly not. Yeah. Yeah. They're off having an adventure. Yeah. Um, quick question. How did the Russians build a huge underground base uh, in Hawkins without anybody noticing and then get loads of Russian personnel into the base to live and work for quite a period of time, and nobody, okay, I can answer nobody this. twigs. I can answer this, okay? They, they built a mall, the end. Yeah. Who built it? Russian people. Russian, the Russian personnel that lived there and worked there built it. They were the builders of the mall. They live in the mall. And they arrived. And they, they arrived to build it, and then... Yeah. They arrived in buses. <laughs> you know, like, you think, like, they were think building. They didn't have anything to do with the local people. I just think someone would notice that you're, you're building, like, it's like, oh, that's, that's quite a big hole for a... Quite a deep hole for a mall. Like a mile down. You start building the walls. No, this is just a really random thought. Have you ever have you been you've been to North America and actually been past a construction site and fucking looked down? Because it's terrifying, let me tell you. I was standing in Toronto and I looked down. I will never stand that close to the edge of a construction site in North America again. Probably because I've not got any money to ever get back there, but also because it's like a mile down that they okay. dig. Maybe it's a, a suspension of disbelief then that no one, no one twigged. But also no one was paying attention. No one cared. I mean, how many construction sites... building a mall! How many construction sites have you been Maybe. past and gone, hmm, they're digging a big hole there, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> have you been to the centre of Bradford, which, is, which has had... I know they've done something with it now, but for about <laughs> ten years, that was just a massive fucking hole in the middle of Bradford. And yeah. nobody went past and went... I that wonder looks, why. That looks a bit fishy. Maybe that's what they're building then. Everyone yeah. just Maybe went. Russians in Bradford. Everyone just went. Everyone just went past it and went. Council should do in something Bradford. with that. Council should do something with that. Yeah, so no, you, people don't question things they like that. Don't. Absolutely don't. Not. Especially not in the eighties in America. No, and I'm sure the mayor obviously had, had some a big, big hand in it as yeah. well. I mean, they they paid him some money to you know. That was shuffle some permits. Yeah, yeah. So when Hopper like just locked him in that room, I was like, uh, yes. This is the eighties brilliance right here. Yeah. Again, another great bit of casting. Princess Bride. Yep. Yep. Eighties. Yep. Very good. Absolutely. Very good. Spot on. Yeah. I I, I can't argue with that. That so was good. brilliant. It was good. Um, things that I did like, other than the stuff we've talked about, is uh, Nancy versus the reporters. That was quite that nice. That was great. Is it? it that was that again was so eighties. That was yeah. that was that was taken almost verbatim, at least in tonal and emotional terms, from 9 to 5, 9 to 5 yep, absolutely. and Working Girl. Yes, absolutely, it was. Um, both of which are movies I absolutely adore. Did you know that they are making a sequel to 9 to 5 for the original cast? That's right, they I are. didn't. I cannot wait. Oh, fucking hell. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> yep. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Oh, please. <laughs> That's going to be so good. So excited. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it's that. It's great. But yeah, so that was fabulous. I loved that. And then I really loved, like, I, I mean, frankly, what I really also loved was her and Jonathan having a massive falling out over it because it was just the, the complexities of privilege was really interesting there because obviously yeah. Nancy's from a very wealthy family. Yeah, she, she can afford to lose that job. job. She can afford to lose the job, but the way she was being treated was fucking disgusting. Jonathan can't afford to lose that job, but he didn't give a shit about how she was being treated. So Jonathan's the dick in this scenario, even though, you know, he's got his problems too. So the fact that they fell out about it, I thought was really nice because actually, you mm. know, they, he didn't automatically support her and she didn't automatically see his point of view. And I really appreciate appreciated that whole yeah. dynamic. She, it was really she, she was absolutely right to call Jonathan out. Yeah, totally. For not backing her up. Yep. But he was absolutely right to say, I can't, to say, I can't do that. Yeah, totally. I, you know, yeah, they're assholes. I and have no not, money. And there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> It was quite interesting. It was, it was an interesting section. And then when she spoke to her mother, and her mother actually, you know, is a human being, and is, and it was nice to see Mrs. Wheeler actually have a little arc of her own and be a mm. person and not cheat on her husband. Yeah, to actually a make... Dick. To actually make a decision to not do she that. She didn't can, do it. Can I just ask a quick question about Mrs. Wheeler? And I, I don't know if I misread what happened, but didn't, um, when she was at the pool mm -hmm. and she went into the locker room mm -hmm. to see... Billy. Billy. Didn't he smack her, in, her head into the side of a cabinet? I don't remember. I don't remember that. I think he did that to somebody. Well, I don't know that he did, did it. I don't know that he did it to her. Why am I getting confused with the other lifeguard? I think it was the other lifeguard. Because he was just trying to, she was trying to to um to assimilate Mrs. Wheeler, I think, because he wanted to get to Eleven via Mike. This is the way I thought it was going. Like he was gonna like take her out to the motel and then like pod person her, like all the other pod mm -hmm. people. Yeah. But she was bright enough to go. No, I'm gonna stay with my thick glasses, annoying husband who sleeps all the time Father and does of my children. nothing yeah. for anything other than pay money. I mean, fair enough. Like, financial support Which, is great. Which, to be fair, in the 80s was kind of his Financial job. support is great. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But, like, literally, he is just useless. <laughs> <He's> so <laughs> um, you, you can You can see why she might look elsewhere for excitement. You really can. Uh, it's, uh... Bless him. But, yeah, so I, I loved that we got her talking to her mother and having, like, at that moment was really nice because mm. basically up to that point... Her mum has, she's, Mrs. Wheeler has not seemed very interested in her children's lives, to be quite honest. And then she sort of reconnects with her kids in this a little bit, which I is should, quite nice. Can I, some, something that I am not clear on. Mm -hmm. When we first see Nancy and, I've forgotten his something name. Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you. Um, when we first see Jonathan and, and Nancy, they're waking up and they're late. Mm -hmm. And you get the whole shit, 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 and they're getting dressed really quickly. Then she climbs out the window. Yes. Like she's not supposed to be there. Yes. It's really, really clear to me that Joyce knew she was there. Yes. So why are we having? Why are they bothering with that subterfuge? Is that just because Jonathan? Maybe she doesn't know that. She maybe doesn't know that Joyce knows that she's yeah. there. That was the feeling but, I got. Yeah. I got the feeling that Joyce was just going, oh, and you know, like just kind of winding him up yeah. a little bit, like you know, yeah. like I know Jonathan, and yeah. Jonathan's like, and I get the feeling because I also get the feeling that Joyce doesn't give a crap. You know, she's not morally no, outraged. As long as her son's oh, no. happy, so... Totally. But I think she, she's also willing to let Nancy keep thinking that she doesn't know, because why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose, actually, I'm thinking on, about this with uh, 21st century sensibility. In the it's 80s, easy. it was very shaming. Very shaming. So maybe she's allowing Nancy to keep that... Yeah, because Joyce doesn't care. Yeah. She's allowing Nancy to keep that bit of dignity in, yeah, in the... Totally. the yeah, maybe that. Maybe that. Something else that I had a bit, a little bit of a problem with was I sort of feel now I'm a bit worried there's kind of too many characters like in the main like gang 
so to speak. And because there are so many characters, they had to sort of split them off into smaller units to go off and have loads of adventures, adventures and then come back at the end. But because of that, you sort of Dustin wasn't with like the rest of the gang and like the, so, like the core gang. But he wasn't with the rest of the gang for most of season two either. I know, and that well, that bothered me about season two as well. I wanted to sort of see them back together, but I guess they had to go off and have their own mini adventures and then and then come back at the end right? to sort of have the bigger the finale together. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I get that. I was just a bit disappointed. I, I get what you're saying. I actually quite liked the fact that they were separate because it allowed them to come back together at the end and mm. it to be kind of like, oh, you're doing this and you're doing that, and that yeah. was and weirdly that felt kind of like '80s adventure movie. To me, mm, yeah. sort of, but also it allows because like Eleven and Will are gone, the, they are back together now, mm. you know. Because really, like Steve Robin and the weird guy from the arcade that runs the video store as well, uh, they're a little team of their own now, of like older teenagers. Uh, Nancy is wherever Nancy is, I guess. Um, but you've got the, the core sort of trio back together, haven't you? Because yeah. Will's gone again, so you're back yeah. to season one, That's season true. four. That's true. So, kind of, it allows the next season to do and that sets us up because next season someone's visiting somebody for Thanksgiving yeah either they're coming back here or yeah. or Mike and everyone's going over there yeah and that'll be interesting I think they'll come back to Hawkins because Hawkins is where shit happens <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to go back to Hawkins I hope I hope it isn't a, I suspect it will be two years between season three they and really, four really really need to film them faster they're getting too old but I think yeah, they can, or they need to abandon the idea that they're kids. No, but I think they can shape the story around that though. Is that as they get older? Because it could keep going for years, and they could have kids. And they then can the time kids... jump it. Yeah, yeah, I think season four needs. needs Sorry, needs... time jump or time travel? So. Um, no, time jump. Because I'd be happy with either one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they could just go. Okay, like two years later. Yeah, they could absolutely do that. And, yeah, you know, I'd be, I would be happy and... if, yeah. if yeah, if the next if season four is two three years later. Yeah. And then that's it. And then in 20 years, we get Stranger Things 5. And it's their kids. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I, I'd love that. Yeah. That'd you be great. Just keep it... So, you know, Duffer Brothers, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so, talking about season four, just going back to what we were saying uh, earlier on about Hopper, yeah. what he mm-hmm. potentially is, if he was in the Upside Down, if he got sort of zapped in at the end, mm-hmm. that's a good reason to open the portal again because they want to get him back. And if you open the portal again... Everything goes back through. All the carnage happens. And you have to have the upside down, the creatures from the upside down yep. in Stranger Things, so that's your way into... And, yeah, I mean, the Russians have got a demodog, haven't they? That's the other yeah. thing. Yes. Which, so, again, they showed a cage, and they yeah. said that's what you could keep in it, and so you're thinking, oh, is it it's the one in the Russian base? No. Yeah. But it's there at the end. And I missed, I missed, the, I missed the dog. I missed it. Missed I missed the that. You know. The fig face. Yeah. I lovingly refer to it as fig face. That's good. Isn't it? it looks like a fig if you cut a fig in four and squeeze it out. And now I, now every time I eat figs, I think of... Now I can't eat figs. No, you see, I, see, look, but you could eat a burger while you watch the brats explode. That's true. Yeah. I don't eat figs. I don't eat figs. Because yeah. figs are horrible. I don't do figs. Oh, I do. I like them. <laughs> and they look like dog. Who haven't we talked about? Robin. We haven't talked about Robin. Robin's right. amazing. Robin was great. Can we... Can, yeah, I... I, I Love Robin from the very first second. Yes. Because she had Steve's number straight away. Um, do you know what? Do you know what I really love? I love that they wore those fucking outfits for the entire <laughs> run, eight episodes in sailor suits. Like it's the dream. We don't you, know you, if they own other clothes anymore. You they must just be able to buy them. Scoops Ahoy outfits for Halloween. So well. good. I, mean, I could make there was there were certainly people in Scoops Ahoy outfits at San Diego. Yeah, they were. They were. They yeah. were. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I love Robin so much. I Me love too. her sass. I love her snark. I'm going to hold my hands up and say uh, when she has the whiteboard. 
Yeah, she's just like, nope. Oh, it's so good. After episode one, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I, ha- I had to Google her, and it was, and I was like, she's Do you know daughter. whose daughter she? And I didn't. I didn't know yeah. that. And then, now I know. And now you know. You know, you know, you know yeah, she's. Yeah. She, she looks like Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah she's Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah, logical. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I love the fact that she figured out the Russian. She was just like, yeah, okay. So she's smart, she's witty, she's totally got Steve pegged. She absolutely yeah. understands what's going on where and when. She knows what, you know, she's like, she's the one that goes, are you sure that child should be putting, should be putting a kid in a, in a in an air duct? You know, like all of that. She's like, really? You know, I loved it. I loved it. I loved when she was just like, off the face on drugs that was great yes. just when they were both just doped up that was hilarious and Dustin put them in the back of the wagon like just all of it was we're watching Back so to the Future first funny. and then yes. going to the bathroom and going yes she, his mom was totally <laughs> on her son yes. is that what was that happening was- So good. The horror. It was great. She's a great addition. I mean, to come into that cast. Yes. To join that existing cast. So late. And become so important. And to be a unique character in their own right. That's quite a difficult thing to do. Definitely. And she completely does it. It And as you said, I love the way they did it in that it would have been easy. And in a a lazier show, she would have been Steve's girlfriend. Yes. And that would have been easier to do. And nobody would have blinked. Nope. But they didn't do that. They they made her in some ways. I, I love that she's gay because representation matters and all of that. Yes, it really does. But equally, in some ways, it would be even cooler if she wasn't gay but just wasn't into Steve. No, because then Steve would have the opportunity to win her. I suppose. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. And actually, yeah, Steve. Steve, Steve would have found that harder to. Yeah. Steve would have found that harder to accept, right? wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah okay. And he would have just kept trying, and it would have made me hate Steve a lot. Thinking about it, I st- yeah, that Steve's reaction to. Her telling him is great because it wasn't one of those. It wasn't one of those. God, God damn it! And yeah. no, I'm not going to accept. It was just yeah. like, okay, cool. All right. So anyway, is, honestly, move on. that is like the best yeah. reaction you can ever hope for, and it is yeah. so nice to see it shown because it's like, yes, please, please, more people do that. Please. And actually, it's always, yeah, they're, they're sort of modelling the ideal behaviour. Should you, totally. you ever find yourself in that? So they so yeah. Good. Steve is a role Steve model. Steve gets it right. How is Steve Harrington yeah. a role model? Anybody? How does that work? How does that <laughs> He's work? a terrible human being. No, bless him. He's just very vapid, isn't he? He's a sweet guy. He's an overprivileged, spoiled rich kid. In the eighties. In the eighties, yeah. But when he, but when he has to do what he has to do, he. he does but yeah, but he, oh my God, he does. Ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately, he. I wouldn't say up. I wouldn't say he's a hero as such. Certainly not in the traditional sense, no. but. No. You know, he, but ultimately, he, even he is doing. heroic. He's heroic. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah, in heroic. Steve, I mean, even in season one, when he he owns up to doing the graffiti. Mm. And stuff, you know, he's like, okay, no, hang on a minute. I did a thing, it was wrong. Somebody else is suffering because of the yeah. thing I did wrong. I should do something about that. He's doing that. the right thing. That's not, yeah. You know, he's, he's prepared to own his mistakes. He's, yeah. he's, and that in itself is heroic. It is. Because yeah. so few people do it. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, helping Dustin the way he helps Dustin, the, like you say, the handshake, and, you know, telling him yeah. about the hairspray, you know, all of that. Is, and no, the most important thing he does for Dustin is when Justin goes, and Steve says, don't ever do that again. <laughs> it's in the back of your throat, that, that noise. Yeah, but I can't do it in the back of my throat. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> also, please don't ever do that again. Yeah, it's right. very, very good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that, yeah, you're right, he's not a hero, but he is heroic. Yeah. And he's prepared to put himself at huge risk. Yeah, totally. In order to, to, to do the right for, thing. Not for Not for any particular reward, just because yeah, it's the right, it's the right thing. thing. Yeah, and actually, right. that's why I think, it's, I think it's actually quite important that he doesn't get the girl at the end mm. because that he's modelling the idea that no, you do the right thing 
not expecting a reward. Correct. Yeah. That you, you, there is no reward. Yeah. You do the right thing yeah. because it's the right thing. You're not even going to get this job at this video store. Don't just assume <laughs> that you're going to yeah, get totally. the job. Yeah. Actually, I love that. I love it's Robin that, that gets. I love that Robin <laughs> has to get in the job. Robin gets in the job because <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, he terrible taste, but great. total chick magnet. Yeah, which is great. And why do you care about that? Just no reason. No reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a mood. Um, but yeah, no. Um, also, I just to get back to the original cast guys, having talked about Dustin a little bit for a second, and Lucas, we haven't talked about Mike very much, or Will. Mm. And my favorite, one of my some of my favorite moments, especially being that uh, you know, like I play D and D, is Will just going, "Can we just play D and D?" Like constantly. Yeah, that's his yeah, constant yeah. refrain throughout, and I'm like. I absolutely get you, kid. <laughs> like, just totally. But also, because Will... so, so nice. Will missed out on so much Will of his missed time a in his year. childhood. Mm. And then the following year, he still missed time because he wasn't himself. He was being possessed. Yep. Like, he's lost so much time with his so, friends. And he just wants a summer. He just wants to play yeah, D&D, can I please, damn it. Yeah. Can I please have a summer where I'm a kid playing D&D? When he puts on his wizard outfit and he presses <laughs> play on the music and he's there. And every time he's going, can we just play D&D? Liz is sitting next to me going... That's me. <laughs> she spends her whole life going, when are we playing D&D next? When are we? You know, and it's, it's it's so funny. It's just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, if you love Dungeons and Dragons, you are Will. But Will's struggling with, yeah, he's missed out on that bit of his childhood. And his childhood's slipping away because they're absolutely. becoming teenagers. But also, he's, and again, this was me. He's the kid in any friendship group who, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking about male friendship groups now. I suspect female friendship groups are, are, are similar in this regard. He's the kid in any friendship group, who's the last one? He's the one who's not into girls yet. Yeah, he's I, the one who was never going to be into boys, so I really identify with Will a lot in that way. Like <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, isn't he dreamy?" And I'm like, "No, uh, let's yeah. play D yeah, and D." For me, it was Magic the Gathering because he's 90s. <laughs> he's just not. I mean, there, yeah. there is there is that one line that Mike has that suggests that he might not ever be into girls. Yeah. Yep. Um, Which apparently was originally the, the idea. Yeah. I go you know, for it. But he's that. also that. Yeah, he is that kid. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. The hormones haven't kicked in yet. No. And and he's he he, He'll he, figure out, he doesn't anyway. see why his friends are into all this stuff. No, why are they, why are you bothering with all this kissing nonsense? Mm. Yeah. Can we just play D and D? Yeah, totally. And that was me. I, I there was a summer in my life when that was me. That was definitely me. And I I I, I can so identify and. That's what I like about this, it is the kids live real lives. Yeah. They're growing up at different rates. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're changing in different yeah. ways. And, Definitely. And, you know, that's what happens. And that's that's why you sometimes drift away from some of your best childhood friends oh, when you're yeah, a teenager. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you go off in different directions. And, you Definitely. know, maybe it's good that Will's, that, that Will's leaving Hawkins. Because mm -hmm. maybe if he stayed, those friendship bonds would, yeah. would get a little bit too strained. Whereas, if he's not there to play D and D with, it's not quite the yeah, same. Yeah, and he passes down the D and D books to Erica. Oh, that was so beautiful. I love that. I bequeath my. I love yeah. that. No, because I look at because so he, he puts them in the box. Is it Max who says that's the donations box? Somebody says that's the donations box. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I know, but I can. I can borrow yours. I can borrow yours when yeah. I'm back, when I'm back here. He said, but who who are you going to play with? And he's no, no. I can't join another party. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th that that sense of loyalty yeah. is Definitely. is there. And, and also, let's be honest, it's just really really hard to find a decent party anywhere. Like getting people together to do anything like once a month is really difficult. Tell me about it. We all know. I went to <laughs> I went to university. Uh, I went to uni <laughs> right? I played I played I played D and D a lot at school, 
And then I went to university and I haven't played D&D since because I couldn't find anyone to play it with. It was, oh, we're going to. We're going to. Yeah. That's totally a podcast. Yeah. You're, you're going to get me back into D&D. Oh, yeah. yeah, we are. Um, it was Warhammer for me. But, but, I mean, you know. When I was in high school, it was Magic the Gathering because, like I say, it was the yeah. mid-dish 90s. Yeah, well, we might be doing some of that as well. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in touch with Wizards of the Coast. I'm, I'm hoping to become a, War, uh, a, a Magic mm-hmm. Gathering stockist. Because oh, being a Warhammer stockist didn't work out, so... Yeah. Uh, no, I think um, Wizards is the way to go, definitely. But magic's, magic's a bit magic. Yeah, definitely. We need to talk about Eleven. We haven't really... We've sort of I've been kind of saving Eleven, because I don't yeah. know quite... Well, uh, Eleven, I mean, Stranger Things used to be the Eleven show, mm. but now it's not. She's part of that ensemble. She's yeah. part of the party. And although she had a character arc, and she had her stuff to do in this season, it, she's just part of a, a larger... Large group now, isn't she? I feel yeah, like the way, the, main... the way it's kind of gone is season one, she was very much the focus. Season two, she had her own adventure. She went away, came back. Yeah. And then season three, like the whole lot of them all went their yeah. own separate ways and did different things. Yeah. And so, I mean, her adventure almost in this season was figuring out that powers don't make her who she is. Mm. And yeah. that she can have more than one friend and that more people yeah. care about her than just Mike. And I think yeah. that was really important for her to understand. Because yeah. realistically, her only her relationships were Father, the man who tried to turn her into a massive weapon, Hopper, the man that kept her in a cabin mm. and didn't let her her see mother, anybody. Her mother who abandoned her. Her mother who went into her own brain because she just lost her, yeah. lost her dysfunction um, after she found her and whatever else happened there. Um, and yeah, so I think she's sort of figuring spent the whole season figuring out who she is for herself what? and i think that was her her adventure really yeah. rather than as a weapon or and as also, a girlfriend and also or as a, as a daughter she was yeah, who, figuring am out I? who am i which yeah. is why that scene in the morning is so important with, with gas with, with putting outfits on you put you put clothes on and eventually and that, you find out which one is being, you yeah, so that's part of being a teenager Absolutely. isn't it because you get to the teenage years and you start you start to figure out your own identity and yeah. you know how you're going to dress and how you're going to do your hair and how, what kind of person you, you're going to want to be definitely as an adult yeah yeah she's going down that route and, and also she's not she's no longer this ultimate weapon no you can't rely on that anymore no. because then the season she doesn't have her no powers. powers. No powers. Where do you go there as a character? Where, sorry, where do you go from there as a character? Particularly when, when for the and first few seasons, you have, who she is. Yeah, absolutely. But, but and she has been defined out. by them absolutely. up until this point by other people. Yeah. Yeah. So now she has to, yeah, she has to to to, to go and like, well, well, who am I? Who am I without Hopper? Yep. Who am I without Mike? Yep. Yeah. Who am I without powers? Who am I without powers? Yeah. 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 And I think she'll quite enjoy not having powers at the start of season four because it's you no know, nosebleeds, none of that I hassle, think... and, but then eventually... I'm assuming we're going to see the powers come back and she's going to be horrified by it. With, with there's going to be a time when she needs, she needs them and they're not there. Yeah, which yeah. we've already seen at the end of the season because she's there yeah. trying to make the coat yeah. can move yeah. and it's obviously, it's just not happening. Yeah. Um, I do, I, I really did, I found, I loved that whole thing of like, you know, it had to be Billy in the end, you know, and he got his redemption, and he got his redemption because literally she couldn't do it, but yeah. she went into his mind to give him the direction, yeah. so rather than actually having physical powers, she had powers to, uh, like, she, her, she used her powers yeah. to make, remind him who he is, and again, I, I think a lot of this season is about them figuring out who they are as people, as their teenagers, and like you say, as teenagers, you're just figuring out who you're yeah, going to be. Exactly. And so most of them, they're all trying to figure out who they're going to be. What I'm interested in is she went and had her adventure in the city in season two. And they seemed to be setting something up with that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then nothing. Now we've got them out there somewhere. And we've got Russian out we, there somewhere. Are, yeah, are we going to see them again in season four? Yeah. Because what what is it that 
the whole thing is obviously like the American government, essentially. It was, wasn't it? It was the American government who created Eleven and all her little oh, friends. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Adelaide, okay. So they're building an army of special people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the Russians, meanwhile, are trying to train Demodogs by the looks of things. How did the Russians discover about the upside down on the portal? Cold War spy. I mean, I'm guessing. Or maybe it's just never really explained. Maybe just. I mean, we we actually don't know how the Americans discovered the upside down in the no, portal either. No. Maybe is they it had. Maybe well, maybe it's just. <laughs> maybe it's just, it's just like. The answer is the eighties. Oh, maybe the... yeah, maybe it's just like <laughs> what actually happened in 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 the Cold War, which was both the Americans and the Russians when the. The most powerful thing to come out of the Second World War was those missiles von Braun was making. Well, yeah. Let's find us some German scientists yeah, yeah. who know how to do that, and then yeah. let's do that. So it's it's an arms race in strength. So it's an arms race. Yeah. yeah. Which which might mean that maybe there are Russian versions of Eleven. Maybe they're working on. Yeah. Alternatively, like, alternatively, the Russians are just trying to like get the creatures the out of the um, upside down to use them to weaponize, to weaponize the creatures, yeah, yeah. and so the Americans are trying to weaponize the special people because the Russians. To do ever. The Russians resisting calling the mutants well, or good, anything. Good, the Russians yeah. in the Cold War always had a much more simplistic approach, and the Americans more of always a brute have force the Americans always have a complicated. So I can see that the Russian approach would My be. My favorite. Phrase. I see the demodogs. They'd make a good weapon. Yeah. Whereas the Americans go, hmm, power here. How can we put it in people? Right. Okay. And I, can I just give my wonderful explanation of how this really did happen in the space race? Because this is my favorite story about the Russians and the Americans in the, in the world ever. Right, so you know how there exists and you can buy in Jespers and Harrogate and various other stores around the world, but I'm telling you a local one that's closing down. You can buy the space pen. Okay, so the Americans were like, shit, we need to be able to write in space. How are we going to do that? Right, we're going to invent a, a pen that can write on any surface at any angle it's and it can do it in zero guarantee. They spent millions to develop it. They made it. They made the space pen that can write anywhere and the Russians used a pencil. pencil yeah. Can I Can yeah. I be that it's guy? It's a true story. It's not a true story. It's not what you're telling me. Yeah. But the Americans did invent the space they pen. They did invent the space, space pen. Space. No, no, they did invent the space pen, and so did the Russians. They really did? They Russia, really did. I'm disappointed in you. No, no, use no, a no, 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 no. It's really, really important you don't use a pencil. It would have killed everyone. Really? That's what? so sad. The, last the only thing... person that can kill someone with a pencil is Jason Bourne. No, 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 no. The last thing you want... This is such Woody a Woody Harrelson. I, I, do, I do have an equally good space story. Okay, to, go for it, but, tell me, tell me. But no, the reason you can't have pencils in, in Zero-G... Graphite. Graphite. Yeah. Bits of graphite floating around, gets into switches, short circuit, fire, die. Yeah. Um, the who, Americans, knew, who knew this podcast could be education? The Americans learned that with Apollo 1. It's still um, really uh, nerdy. <laughs> it's, so no pencil in space. But there is a perfectly good analogue to that story, which actually okay. is true. Thank you. Um, at takeoff. I'm gutted. At takeoff in any kind of rocket propelled vehicle, uh, the G-forces are extreme. It's very difficult to move your arms and flick switches. Okay? You're literally... Pinned back in your seat. For those of you listening, I'm doing a mime of being pinned back in my seat. It was wonderful. It's just occurred to me that nobody can see me apart from you two, and you're it's very strangely. Um, now, obviously, in the early days of spaceflight, the capsules were not so much piloted as warm, and the switches were not very far away from your hand, so you didn't have to move your hand very far. By the time we get to the to the space shuttle, the switches are yeah, the cockpit's fucking huge in space shuttle, and. If you, to, to reach out and flick a switch is hard. So the Americans started working on eye control, where you could control things by looking at it. Okay. okay. If you watch, and I encourage you to do so, that all streamed live on, on, on the old internet, if you watch a Russian Soyuz launch to the International Space Station now, you will see three cosmonauts crammed really tightly into a space that was really only designed for two. Because the Soyuz, the Soyuz craft is, is 1950s technology. Uh, it's been upgraded a bit, but it's basically a 1950s machine. 
Um, and the pilot is reaching across to, to, to operate controls that are not even within arm's reach. You certainly couldn't reach out and touch it onto the kind of G-Force. And what he's doing is he's pushing the buttons with a stick. <laughs> As I say, the Russians have a very straightforward approach to complicated issues. We say this surrounded by Matryoshka. Um, it's, um, I, I, I once, I once, back in my rocket man, well, actually back in my teaching days, I, I just started as Rocket Man and was still teaching. I had the you great. Elton John. I had the great. I knew it. I had the great privilege to meet Alexei Leonov, uh, one of the great Soviet cosmonauts, uh, who didn't speak a word of English, uh, and my Russian is sketchy at best. But he, his attitude to um, the American space program was just that it was too bloody complicated. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, you beat us on the moon because you had a much better rocket. The Saturn V was awesome, but everything you've done since really fucking stupid it's just yeah. too well thank goodness we've got Elon Musk now who's sorting it all out proper Bond villain yeah I, yeah. I, I adore Elon I, I love Elon Musk but I adore him as a Bond villain I yeah. think he's great he's, he's my great villain yeah um, and he's given us proper Thunderbirds yeah you watch those boosters come back to the Cape yeah, yeah. they land on their tails like Thunderbird 3 in the, in the sea as well on a floating platform awesome. wherever you, wherever no, you want to land he's got them. them he's got them landing on land he there. can land them anywhere he can safely land them on land now reusable NASA, rocket NASA will let him land them at the Cape that's yeah. how sure they are that they're yeah. actually going to work that's it great it's yeah and next is people it won't be long the, yeah. dra the dragon capsule is is yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that the last one to the space station failed they would probably have humorated it already did they? did they? Successfully docked and no, they vaguely blew it up. We are we are getting slightly off topic. It's a little bit. Are we? But we are back a bit. to Russians versus yeah, Americans. But it in, was, the 80s, yeah. in the eighties. In the eighties again. Hawkins, Indiana. There was a reason. There was a reason. Hawkins, Indiana. Um. So yeah, I can see that the Russians would go with like here's a thing that exists. Yeah, totally. That we can totally just use. Whereas the Americans would be here's a power we can put into people and yeah, make, let's super make an army of super yeah. soldiers. Yeah. Again, a difference in cultures. Yeah. And... But also, obviously, those super soldiers are now completely disparate and all over the place. Or are they? Is there a base somewhere where they're still like making mm, evil exactly. fighty we, children? They yeah. didn't just give I mean, up. We see, uh, is, stop making. We see at the end, yeah. Paul Reiser's character comes back to sort of take command of the the whole thing. Yeah. The so we know they still now, exist. Now, so so his department still exists. Now, I, and I know Paul Reiser spent that... I can't remember I mean, his name. I mean, they're on the phone to him yeah. using the special code to try and, try and get him to I, actually... I know... Joyce oh, on the phone! Oh, my funny. God, it's brilliant. Actually, can we just talk about Joyce? Joyce! I love Joyce. Joyce is a magnet! <laughs> Joyce, you are amazing. When she's trying to talk to Alexi about why the magnet's fell for bridge, she's doing the mime. Oh. I love that. And actually, can we talk about Alexi? He just really wants his um, slushy. He just wants a Slurpee. He just wants a Slurpee. He just... It's just a cherry Slurpee. Okay, I'll have strawberry then. Fine. Yeah. I'll have strawberry. And then can you watch Looney Tunes? Yeah. That's all he wants. And and I can I can just hear Erica going, nerd! Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was great. But he had to die, though, of course. He totally had to die. Because evil Russian Arnie... Evil Russian Arnie, he was just... yeah. And actually, if the Russians have been trying to make Elevens... Maybe Hello, Russian Evil Arnie. Russian Arnie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so season four is, it's, well, you know, it's, it's in an interesting It's a Cold place. War situation, isn't it, really, I feel. Yeah. That's yeah. probably where they're going. It's an interesting way to go. And yeah, I mean, obviously, then you've got, like, all the all the, the people like Eleven um, running around out there in the world that are free. And um, are mm. they mobilising as a force together? Like, well, like, in season two, going after all those people, maybe something else has happened I, from there. I haven't read it yet, because... 
I don't know where my time goes, but actually, I spent the last three weeks editing podcasts. That's always got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Stranger Things comic which is focusing on six. Ooh, do I have it? I'd also not read it because I've been building a house. Uh, yeah, you haven't read it because you haven't read it because you've been building a house and you didn't ask me for it because I think I forgot to tell you it was real. Oh, and and for once I seem to have failed to preempt your My your, your desire. Uh, but I can get it for you; it's no problem. Oh, I mean, we're only on issue two. Uh, oh, but there are so many. Yeah, there's so many ways. So, so there's lots. There's lots to do with that. There's lots yeah, we can definitely. do with six uh, and her. And if six is out there and eleven is out there. Thank, thank you for numbering them, because that yes. allows us to go, what about one, two, three, four, <laughs> yeah, five, yeah, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten? Yeah. Some of them guaranteed are dead and didn't make it through yeah. the trial. Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe to learn how to regain her powers, Eleven has to sort of hook up with them again. Right, and okay. sort of say, you know. And where are they moving to? Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, and, and who will be there and, and what else is yeah. going to happen? Yeah. Cause I because can it's see... now bigger than just Hawkins, isn't it? Because actually I can see yeah. that Joyce might be, okay, I need to get, out of Hawkins, I don't want to be in another small town. Small mm. towns are weird and full of weird people and strange, yeah, and strangeness. Um, and I don't want to be the newcomer in a small town. It's like That's not a comfortable place to be. So Joyce goes to the city. Yeah, that would be definitely. What's the nearest city to Hawkins? Oh, that might be the one where Six is. Yeah, right. So you've got that kind of thing. And, and what happened to Father? Maybe they go to Indianapolis. His father's not dead, is he? No, he's out there somewhere living in a trailer with his like girlfriend, isn't he? Because that's what happens in season one. They go because yeah. Jonathan goes looking for uh, Will at his dad's trailer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and what 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 happened to Matthew Modine's character? He died. Did he die? Yeah, he died. And, yeah. So could he be in the Upside Down too? No, I think he died. Okay. I, I don't know who that actor is. He was yeah, the guy who made eleven. One, the guy, yeah, the guy, the scientist. Oh yeah, no, he died. Did he definitely die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gone. He's okay. gone. He's definitely gone. He's gone. I got confused a bit because he's on the cover of the comic. But, but Hopper, if you don't see a body... You don't see a body, that's true. We saw Bob. Poor Bob. Yeah, yeah. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. Poor, Poor Bob, Bob and Bob. Poor Bob and Bob. <laughs> I really felt bad for Bob. Nobody, kn- Everybody was so up in arms about Will being missing. Nobody gave a toss about Bob. Yeah, no, but that's because that, like, Bob, she was a nerdy girl in school and who gives a fuck about that? Like, seriously. Like, the only people who cared were Bob's mum and dad. And Nancy, Nancy came. Nancy did, yeah, Nancy did. Nancy and Jonathan went and tried to find her. And millions of Stranger Things fans. Yeah. Bring back Justice Bob. for Bob. Yeah, yeah, bring her back. I do really clone, love... Clone her, get her cloned. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that they, like, the end of season two was them sort of, like, covering that up and, like, giving the parents closure, though. I felt like that was really nice. But, yeah, a lot of shit's gone down in, in Hawkins, Indiana. And, yes, uh, Nike have brought out a Stranger Things pack. They have. It is they have. spectacular. Uh, the, cor- I, the Cortez, Cortez and the Tailwind. Yeah, you know, this nice. is the bit where even I go, you fucking nerds. <laughs> and a sweatshirt. You're just talking to us about bloody... So I use capsules. Russian space sticks. <laughs> Russian space that was my sticks. job. Yes. No, thank you. Um, but, yeah, so they brought out the Tailwind and the, the Cortez and a sweatshirt, I yes. think, as well, which yes, is yes. very cool. And they, and they are cool. They the are well-designed. The High School though. logos. Very, very now, cool. To be fair to Nike, they, they only really do good design. It's Nike, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, because I'm from the 80s. It's Nike. It's Nike and it's Adidas. Shut up. If you speak to Nike, they'll tell you they're Nike. Yeah, and I'll tell them that they don't speak very good Latin. And also, isn't Nike the goddess of... Yes, yes so, and it's pronounced Nike. The goddess of sneakers or something. <laughs> <laughs> you pronounce Adidas correctly, though. Name's Addy. Yeah. Is that Adidas? Yes. Yeah, Adidas. Yeah. Adid- so Adidas. If people say Adidas is wrong, Adidas is, is nonsense. 
Same with Ali. And his brother founded Puma. Because we know that. Because yeah, we're really big nerds. Yeah, because yeah. they hated each other. They had a fight. It's the thing. By all accounts. This is a whole other podcast. By all accounts. <laughs> this is a whole other really nerdy that, podcast. If you go to that town in Germany, which has got the Puma factory at one end and the Adidas factory at the other end. I'm so proud. Say, because I'm a nerd. You're a big geek. <laughs> I never claim not to be. Welcome. Welcome uh, to train a nerd. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's a really lovely capsule collection that they released. The size have it. I don't have the money for it. Really? I thought it sold out. Oh, they sold it out already? Well, on the Nike website, it just went, really. Okay, size did have it, and they do keep sending me emails about it, so they must still have some in stock. I I would snap them up, because, I mean, a lot of Stranger Things fans are going to get them, and a lot of sneaker fans will get them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is that a good place to... I think that's a really good place to start. You great big fucking nerds. Space stick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys, you know I love you for it. Bless you, Reg. That's good. Okay, we will wrap that up there. Um, Thank you for listening, Matt. Thank you for coming. It's so nice to see you again. It's been absolutely ages. It's been too long. I do have that copy of The Extraordinary Gentleman for you. (gasps) The final comic. Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's final comic book ever. Until they get bored and decide to do another one. He's the man of his word, Alan Moore. Like, Actually, he, he says is. something. He Kevin O'Neill. Uh, Kevin O'Neill will do more, but yeah, yeah Alan Moore. Yeah, but that's the end, end of a. End Actually, of a Alan Moore's reached a perfectly sensible age to retire. I from writing comic books. He's not going to retire. He's not retiring. No, no he's still a wizard. Being creative. Yeah, he's still writing books and movies and, and yeah. plays and stuff. So it's going to be yeah, more and still worshiping a sock puppet. Yeah. The league, very good. Very good. If you haven't read it, go back and reread them all. One of the greatest. Yeah, I, I recommend. I recommend actually really that you film. you go. It is. Which he, well, Alan Moore didn't want anything to do with. He decided he didn't take any money for it. Well, Alan, no, but Alan Moore just Alan Moore designed every single film. Yeah, yeah. Really? And actually, one of the things I like about Alan Moore is that in what I can only describe as a bit of a hissy fit, he said, <laughs> "I that's it. I disown the films. I don't endorse them. I will never take a penny," and he never has. And he has since said, I really wish I hadn't said that because I could do with the money, but I did say it. And so I'm sticking to it. He's turned down millions. Got to, yeah, you've got to respect the guy for that. Oh, yeah, he's um, to his guns. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Alan Moore, what a guy. Yeah. But no, I strongly recommend that people read uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, which is available from all good comic shops, including Destination Venus, Under the Stairs of the Everyman Cinema in Harrogate, uh, destinationvenus.co.uk we are online do hit us up I don't do that enough I should do that more I sure really should. should do that sure. more really really should um, but yeah Matt thank you for coming it's been absolutely brilliant to have you back uh, we hope to, to, to have you back more frequently see you soon definitely uh, Hat thank you for coming it's always a pleasure thank you thank you um, in fact and thank you for coming last week I can't remember if I thank you for coming last week so thank you <laughs> for doing that because well, yeah. it's totally a week since we talked about totally Jessica Jones it is a week um, whole and most of all, thank you to you for listening, because honestly, if you didn't, we'd be three shadows in a really hot room talking shit. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, we've been the Geeks at the Gates, and you are also the Geeks at the Gates. Remember, leave the gate open. Everyone's welcome. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates 
or contact us by email on mail4geeks at the gates at gmail.com. That is the number four, not the word. Geeks at the Gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire.